to get this thing started. Waiting, waiting. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Just Two Dads uh, with my co-host and and friend and partner and colleague, business uh, business and colleague and, and, and life colleague, Mr. Sean Francis. I am Brian Altunian. I'm messing up the introduction already. Uh, Brian, this is that kind of day, you guys. It's that kind of day already. We're going to have an amazing conversation today um, here on Just Two Dads. I'm going to tell you, we definitely have a topic and it is going to uh, be all inclusive. So sit tight. Hang on uh, as we take another episode of Just Two Dads. Uh, as we all get older, that's the that's the point of today's show. So, so uh, uh, hey everybody, I'm Brian Altunian. This is another episode of Just Two Dads. Uh, first of all, I want to welcome all of you who are catching us on our Facebook page pages. Um, welcome. Please feel free to put comments in the section here if we can. We'll throw them into the you know onto the screen. Um, if you're not catching us live on Facebook, you may catch us on our YouTube channel. We are Just Two Dads on our YouTube channel. Please like and subscribe. Send episodes to friends if it makes a if it makes a difference in their lives. Hopefully, it will. I want to thank everybody who's listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you're hearing podcasts. Welcome. Hopefully, you'll reach out to us and send us a note or send us a comment or a particular maybe a topic that you'd like us to cover. And then, if you're hearing us on WSTX AM Radio in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Hello, happy holidays to everybody, and um, and uh, yeah, thank you, Joe. My daughter Joe is is piping in. It's sort of a special day today. Um, we, we're excited. Sean and I, um, Sean and I started this this conversation about well, we've started this conversation about five and a half six years ago, but this podcast came out of the conversations we were having as fathers of of children who were dealing with learning disabilities and other special needs issues. And we decided to get together and create a podcast where we could uh, support the community that we are members of and highlight those that are doing amazing work in the space, that are providing uh, great services to folks in the special needs community so that we can actually build a, a better web around this community that often needs a lot of, um, uh, a lot of extra support, community involvement, inclusion, empathy, and love. And so that's why we're here. And uh, uh, this conversation kind of goes beyond special, the special needs community. It impacts the special needs community for sure, but it has reach that goes that goes beyond. So without further ado, I'm going to pass it over and say hello to Sean Francis. I'm not even going to ask you how you are today. I'm just going to say Sean Francis because I know the answer. But well, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that I'm doing do it. That. great, thankful, and I'm blessed. And I want to <laughs> at least acknowledge why today is a special day because. Uh, at the time of um, our recording this, this is, uh, today is Brian's birthday. So happy birthday to you. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, I woke up today uh, uh, sore. I, I don't know why. <laughs> it's, I didn't do anything to actually provoke the soreness. I just woke up and, and I had a little twinge in my back and I thought, well, another revolution around the sun, another pain that I didn't, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't know I had. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, our topic today is uh, about it's how do you define masculinity? Generally speaking, that that's one thing. So we'll cover how you define masculinity. How does that affect the manner in which you not only parent, but um, the type of dad that you are? And then how does that affect being a dad 
to a child with special needs. And then underneath that, depending on the time we have, we'll see how many of how many layers of the onion we get to peel. Because there's something to be said for how does that affect you, the manner in which, or your your um, the dad that you are to a daughter, which is an example as to the type of man that she's going to be attracted to and more than likely spend her life with because of the example. But then there's also the flip side of that, which is how does that affect the manner in which you are a father to a son because that is the example that he gets as to the type of man that he will become so i'll ask you since we're just having a conversation today we don't have any guests and it literally is just two dads um it almost takes i almost have to you know sit back and review my thoughts and and everything but um when asked the question myself but when asked how do you define masculinity and and, and what was that like you know your example, how you define that is obviously based on um, your experience growing up and everything. So tell us how you how you define that. Well, it's interesting because I, I think your point is is really right on. I, I think that when you look at the examples that are that are set for us, that that helps us to sort of set the tone. I, you know, I um, and, and, and for those who have listened before, you've heard me tell the story. I was my 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 parents divorced when I was very young. I was two years old. And um, my mother remarried and, um, and and my stepfather adopted me, which is why I, my last name is Altunian. Uh, I do not look Armenian. So all my Armenian friends are like, you're not Armenian. I'm like, well, I am by, you know, by name and by, by, culture. by diet, by culture, by diet. Um, and my father, uh, my stepfather was, was a very strong, came from a very strong Middle Eastern background. So, it, you know, his belief you know, about the position that a, a father held within a family um, was, uh, you know, I, I would say today probably be considered a little bit, I don't want to say backwards, but a little bit, uh, you know, old school, which is, you know, I sit in the throne and come kiss the ring of, of <laughs> you know, of the, of the exalted one. Um, a little bit like that. And, and you know, it's sort of like, you know, command respect, demand respect more than command respect, right? And mm. You know, demand compliance as opposed to command compliance. And so there's a big difference there. You know, there's a big difference. You're going to talk to me because I'm the father. And this is this is the rule set out in, in our house. And so, you know, a lot of times when we grow up in, 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 in the shadow of that, we either do exactly that or exactly the opposite. I always say, right, we do exactly what our parents do or exactly the opposite. Mm -hmm. My biological father, I did not meet till I was 25 years old. So... Mm -hmm. I didn't have him as a as a as a role model, but his action by not being around was in a way a, a role model, right? So so I, I look at that and I was like, was that a, you know, he there was a there was an agreement that when my stepfather adopted that my biological father would disappear, if you will, to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, as a young adult processing what that meant, you know. Since there's a, you know, the sense of abandonment or whatever that, you know, whatever that evokes for certain people, that's what it right. did for me, I would say, to some degree. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I have those two examples of masculinity in my life, right? Somebody who took, and again, I don't, don't fault my, my, my biological father for taking the steps he did. It was something that was supported by therapists and by counselors and, you know, it's something that my mom had requested. So he was doing what he felt was the right thing to do by the standards set by other people. So in other words, he kind of acquiesced a bit mm -hmm. where my, where my stepfather was, was very strong fisted. There's no, you know, 
So I learned, you know, sort of a masculine approach by having both of those models um, <clears throat> one day, you know, day, you know, day in, day out. And then the other, you know, where I didn't, I didn't get to see it until I was, you know, 25. So, mm -hmm. so masculinity was defined for me by those two examples. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Some happy birthday uh, <laughs> greetings. I appreciate that. Um, so, you know, I think masculinity, you know, definitely is, there's there's masculinity as it stands alone, and then there's masculinity in relation to femininity with your with your partner, if that's your if that's your your chosen partner. Um, mm -hmm. and how my father treated my mother, you know, set an example for me. So I think honestly, true math. Well, I I think if you're in tune with what I would call both sides of your of your of your masculine makeup, um, your your chance for having empathy goes up significantly. I think that you know there's one there's one thing about being strong, and not to get into a lot of details, but when it comes to my children, I am much more like my my stepfather in making sure that my children have this. They know that they have the support for me that they need to be successful humans in the world. Um, mm -hmm. I am a fierce warrior and fighter when it comes to my children. And when it comes to my my other relationships, I am, you know, I'm I'm strong, I'm independent, and I'm also extremely empathetic and supportive, an ally. And so, you know, I have the blend of of both. And for me, I think true masculinity is the ability to to pull from both sides of you know the the yin and the yang, the the male female perspective, I think that your ability to 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 have both is really a true sign of of pure mas masculinity, where we're not afraid to share our emotions. That's the one side, right? So you and mm -hmm. I have talked, hey, people who have seen our episodes have known that we've been <laughs> prone to shed a tear here live on <laughs> on our episodes. Um, but I don't think that that's a that 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 that's a lack of masculinity. In fact, I think that takes a very strong man to be able to 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 express vulnerability and share that we have, you know, we have feelings and emotions and we don't have to hold them down. Um, and so, again, I think that that the the ability to express both sides is what makes is what is what makes us masculine. Honestly, mm -hmm. I don't know yeah. about you, how what your feeling is. I was me rambling there for a minute. But no, no, no. I I, I agree with that. Um, growing up, um, you know, my dad was. Um, in some way, a man's man, because his, his father was, was that way. Um, he was a completely self-made man. Um, he and my grandmother, you know, built businesses from the ground up, didn't finish high school and, you know, yet they were successful and they contributed to the community. And, um, when there was a task that's set to be done, the idea is that you're not going to stop until it's done and it's finished. And, it's interesting. I remember my dad telling because my my grandfather, my my dad's dad, I have no memory of him because I was very young when he passed away. But I've always had this curiosity and yearning about him. Um, his picture as a boy is behind me uh, because he was so self-made. It was such a great example of success. And he and my grandmother were people in the community that literally took people in, um, you know, and that kind of thing. But I remember my dad telling me that um, when he passed away when my grandfather passed away, my dad did not cry. And mm. he always said that, you know, and he's our example from an entrepreneurial standpoint too. Cause my dad said that, you know, he had a, a job working for um, 
uh, con- for a, a gentleman that had a construction company uh, when he was in New York and he was uh, on break from, you know, from college. And um, right when he finished college and he was like, I'm not working for anybody. I, I can't do this because he had been in the family business since he was a kid. And he's like, there's no way I'm, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm not having right. somebody tell me what to do. And what he would say is the only <laughs> general whose army I've ever been in is my father. Father's, and he right. said, he's, and he said, the only other army I've ever been in is the army of, of God, or as he would say, you know, uh, Allah, because he's uh, my father's Muslim. Yeah. And he says like, you know, that's it. And very factual. Um, you know, you have to, I've learned over time what it means. Growing up, I felt that my dad was one that didn't show emotion unless he was, you know, angry or, um, or joyful, but I don't know what it's like to see him actually really like hurt. And I still don't necessarily know exactly what that looks like, but I know what would hurt his feelings, that type of thing. So I've never seen him, never seen him cry. Um, never seen him disappointed other than him kind of just say that. And that shaped me in that I was a uh, naturally sensitive kid. And, but And to a fault, because I was having a conversation with a client the other day, and they were very direct with me telling me what they wanted, what they didn't want. And then they were explaining, you know, I'm, I know I'm kind of a tough cookie, but, you know, I, I apologize. I'm just, you know, I, no, 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 you don't have to apologize at all. I'm at a point in my life where direct communication and honest feeling, I appreciate. And it's about balance, because you can be direct and be a jerk about things. And then you can also be um, vulnerable to a fault where, you know, you cry for anything that that takes place. And and then so there's a thought in some cultures where crying is a sign of weakness, especially for a man. For sure. And but there's something to be said for how that's done and when that's done and everything. I think there's definitely nothing gained by never showing any emotion because you're just less relatable. And it's funny because it's OK for a woman to cry, but yet it's not OK for a man to cry. Um, and with either gender, you know, we have all these rules that we're supposed to buy into in terms of what, which one is supposed to do, but balance and purpose, um, put, you know, play their role in, uh, in, 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 in everything. And the same thing applies when it comes to, um, to showing emotion. And, and I have to admit, you know, when I would cry easily, you know, for about, you know, a, a movie or, or I could cry because I'm moved by a song and that could be a great thing or you know i was less comfortable with that earlier now the older i get the easier that happens and the more comfortable i am with it although there have been times even on this show where while i show it i have shown emotion i've had to sort of ratchet it back as much as i can because i figured you know there were one or two times where i felt like you know I don't know if I can like go through with the show and be understood at the same time, you know, yeah. but I don't have any problem with that. So it, 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 it varies and it evolves too. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I think it's, uh, I, I agree. I think it's a, um, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's universal, but I feel like every time as we get older, men, especially, and maybe it is something ha- having to do with testosterone levels, changing estrogen levels, increasing in men or something, but we, we, I, I, my, my, my fathers, both of them, over the course of their their lives now are are both significantly softer in mm. demeanor, right? And and again, I, it's a coming to you know, as I'm joking about my back <laughs> sore on my birthday, 
but the idea that you know as we as our as our bodies change and as our you know as our um the biological impact on our life as we age it has a it has an impact on on our you know on our emotions and how we portray ourselves and so as matt saying you know we, we we can be strong and 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 also have a softer side and that's when i've seen as my parents have gotten older and i think this is I, i've seen this consistent men who have this very strong help but as they they soften as they as they age mm-hmm. so and it's funny um, because you were talking about we we're looking at, at the comments that are made for those that are viewing you know on uh, on facebook unless we highlight it you won't necessarily see it on the youtube broadcast but uh, our good friend matt failer is talking about you know that what you will see if you're talking about a, as a caregiver, you, there's a more softer side. If you're talking about when you're dealing with doctors or in an IEP or a therapist or something like that, there might not be as much that shows. And what I would add to that is that I could have tears in a situation during you know an IEP or um, a manner that consists of some kind of confrontation. But those types of tears, especially if I'm standing ground as a, as a warrior parent, um, is going to, you know, those are going to be different tears than one, uh, ones that you shed in a moment of accomplishment or achieving, you know, some kind of milestone or something like that with your child. So, um, yeah. it, it's interesting. It varies. Well, I think, and again, I think as you have, when you have, when you have children, <laughs> your warrior parent side comes out. And so, you know, we always talk about, you know, mama bears and papa bears, you know, when it comes to this type of thing, you know, my daughter, Joe, Oops, so I put Matt's comment up there again. Let's do go to Joe. Um, uh, my daughter Joe, who, who Jordan, who who is, is a constant contributor to our show. And she's, you know, I love, I love that because uh, you know, we have a very close relationship. I think we speak every day. It's a weird day if we don't, if we don't speak every day. Um, but um when you have children, you know, you tend you tend to be protective. And and I, I think that parents are reluctant sometimes to show their anxiety and and fear they want to stand strong for their children um but those are really real emotions when you're a parent of a child at any at, at any kind of you know whether they're whether they have some some medically complex issue or some other special needs issue or cognitive issue or even if you're just neurotypical i think that parents uh, that 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 emotion comes close to the edge you know when we have when we have children, I know that when I was seven, we had a, again an incident in my in my in my son's school this week that that took me back to an incident that occurred when Jordan was in high school, and and I find myself getting you know getting the you know the heart and the throat kind of thing and the you know a little emotional because I remember the you know the fear and the trauma and the you know the stuff that occurs when you are in a helpless situation that you can't do anything for your child. Mm-hmm. I think for parents of special needs children, not to move into this, you know, into this, into, into this other conversation, but, but we can. Um, but, you know, when you're first diagnosed, when your child is first diagnosed, the, we've talked about this on this, on, on this podcast many times, you, you really feel like you're helpless. Like there really is, feels like there's, you can't do anything and you, and you immediately want to go fix because that's what we do as men. We want to fix a problem or, then we can't fix it, so we want to blame somebody, somebody else's right. fault. I was, right? and I, was, I was thinking that's the other type of, you know, emotion and tears that can come about, which I've gotten even on, on the show with guests, which is that when you feel like you're got or understood or that somebody sees oh. you, um, 
you know, one, that's the type of thing that can either strengthen your bond, you know, as a, as a couple, as parents, or if you're not on the same page, kind of pull you apart. But even when it is together, as is the case with my wife and I, when you have, you're having a conversation with someone other than your spouse that gets you and gets the situation, sometimes it just hits you different, you know, as you really like, for instance, we had, um, uh, Thomas and Janice that were on, um, you know, a couple episodes back and he was talking about meeting Janice's son and that connection. And he said, I just felt like he was pure. And for some reason that hit me in a bunch of, a bunch of total, you know, different ways. Like just somebody seeing my son as pure, this, the notion of that, another yeah. man doing that, whether it's you not being here, you know, a local, you know, uh, a coach or something, just somebody, you know, that's, that's just, um, uh, that, that's natural. And then uh, Matt in the comments has asked me, uh, how would I say my balance as a male has impacted my feelings and mood with my son on his journey? Um, it continues to grow. You know, um, there's times where you, when you're talking about emotions, you know, the emotions, um, sometimes they don't necessarily serve. Um, you know, I was driving in traffic the other day and I turned my signal on and somebody blew the horn at me like right away. And it's only Elijah and I in the car. And that's a trigger for me. If I'm minding my business, so you just, <laughs> by, the, by the same token, when you tap the horn, I'm like, oh, by all means, I just, I just think that that's so courteous. You're just trying to get my attention. But when somebody's just like, I'm like, what? <laughs> and, I, and so the emotion got the best of me at that point. And, and the fact that the driver was a, was a woman after we went about our way, Elijah was like, Ooh, daddy's angry. I just sat there and I felt like any positive mood that I had before that was completely doused. And it wasn't that, Oh, she was so wrong. And she pissed me off. I felt so bad that I had given in. And I was like, dude, you're <laughs> controlled by somebody's horn. It's like a remote. That means somebody just pushes that button. They're going to get you to jump or do whatever. So in that sense, it's a work in progress because I don't want that to take place. There's other times where the emotions come out in terms of impatience um, with Elijah. And it's funny, we were getting ready for school uh, yesterday. And I was, because he's very meticulous about everything. I'm holding up a pen here for those that are not, you know, that are only listening. This has to be in place. It's got to be sitting this way. Everything has to be just right. And we're trying to get out the door. That can be a little frustrating. And I remember thinking yesterday in particular, it hit me where I was just like, Everything that he does requires our patience. And when you really stop and think of who he is, yeah, more often than not, it's a byproduct of the autism and not just some kid saying, wait a minute, I want vanilla, not chocolate. It's not just being a brat, you know, and you're human. You can forget that sometimes. And so those, so the, the balance is um, a constant work in, in progress. And then at the same time, I saw uh, a post by a good friend of ours um, about a kid that attends high school here in, in Los Angeles in San Fernando Valley, 16 years old on the autism spectrum. The post went up yesterday. He was missing uh, as of 9 p.m. the night before. And at that point, I was like, the button is just completely pushed and just like flushed with worry, posting it, resharing it, asking people, please share as much as you can. And I've been thinking for the past 24 to almost 48 hours, like, I wonder if that kid's okay. And it's not like just, oh, that's sad and it's emotion. You know, 
Elijah's 15. These things hit you, you know, in a, in a, um, you know, in, in a different manner and way. And sometimes how people receive what you have to say, um, you know, it, uh, it it's received when real emotion, you know, accompanies it. And there's not as much, for instance, and I'm kind of all over the place. When we talk about our mission to provide financial services, education and opportunity and ownership to the special needs community, I don't know how much emotion has come about in conveying that message, but in, based on some things that I've seen over the last week to week and a half, there's a new level of emotion that I feel in that regard because I see people that have slipped through the cracks that don't have information. And, um, you know, I didn't, I, I might get emotional on occasion, you know, with that or to the point of it coming over and, and, uh, and showing maybe, maybe not. No, that's different. So it, it's all a work in progress um, and just a matter of a part of, you know, my own evolution for me personally. Yeah. I think it's funny because because for those of you who, who, who aren't seeing comments, Matt's, con, you know, continuing his, his his questions along this path. You know, one is recommendations to give, you know, to, to give to fathers to excel when there's the button. He calls it the clapper on and off. You know, I call it the, the light switch. It's on, it's off, mm -hmm. it's on, it's off. Um, and, um, you know, one of the things Matt's saying is that triggers are a little more active for those of us who have children who are, you know, who are on the spectrum or again, dealing with medically complex issues. Um, and it, and sometimes those challenges come up in the morning and then, you know, how do you, how do you get through the rest of the day without, you know, being on. Right. And I think that that's honestly, I'm just going to say this because I'm now old. Um, but, uh, I think it comes with, with, with the maturity, you know, as you're, when you're, when you're younger, that button is up, and once it's flipped, that button's on for a long time until you know until it's somewhere. But when you're older, that's it's a little bit easier to turn that. It, it becomes, you're less stupid when you're older. You're less stupid. Well, I, I think it's I, I think it's what what you realize is that is that it doesn't be, behoove anybody to stay fire fired up, right? You mm -hmm. you want to be circumstantially appropriate for you know situation. Again, obviously somebody peeping in the traffic. <laughs> I will tell you a really funny story. Uh I, I I honestly laugh about this, but Matt, this is gonna go to what you're talking about. Um and Sean follow up to what you're saying. Jordan and I were in the car uh many years ago and um I was particularly uh, yes you are still young Matt. I am I I, I am um some people would say I'm a hothead. Right or, or I, I, they can see that there's a potential of me becoming a hothead. Um, but it's my sort of there's an a, there's a there's an, a part of me that doesn't you know I don't I don't tolerate was it I don't tolerate fools easily I don't really. I, I, anyway, so just really briefly, I'll tell you we're on two lane stretch if, of on Melrose in Los Angeles. We're talking about Melrose. It's a busy it's a busy street. Two ways you know two lanes each way, and there was an SUV to the right of us who drifted into our lane. Now, the only way that I was going to go was into oncoming traffic. So I did what you taught, said Sean. I beep beeped. I didn't lay on my horn. It was a beep beep. And mm -hmm. as I and as I pulled next to the person, I just sort of looked over and the person had a livid reaction with the whole finger and everything. And that was a massive trigger for me because because you I were was minding the, your business, you were being nice. Yeah, doing my thing. Hey, beep beep, I'm yeah. here, man. Don't just don't uh, you know, don't push me into traffic, right? And when he when he did that, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all. It's all about the hair, right? Exactly right. It's exactly right, Matt. It's my because my hair. It's why I'm a hothead. But when he did that, I <laughs> I remember reaching over Jordan, like pointing at him, and just going 
a little nuts on the guy, right? Like, no, like, that's not my fault. Like, this is your fault. Like, don't you take an aggressive tone with me. I'm just letting you know I'm here, right? And not so many words. Um, and when he saw, you know, how, like, aggressive I was, he, he, he kind of sheepishly kind of moved over and was quieted down. And Jordan was like, Dad, relax. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not, this, this makes me mad. And you know what it was? For me, it was, Gotcha. And my kids, my, I, I, the sad thing is that my kids see it all the time. And the good thing is that my kids see it all the time, because when it comes to my children, when it comes to my children, any sense of danger, I am that guy. Yeah. Safety, yeah. protection. I'm that guy. I'm, I am, I'm all in, uh, hardcore and people who know it. In fact, again, an incident at my, at my, at my son's, at my son's uh, high school this week, um, the parent group who've never heard my name before, the parent group that's associated with that school now know who I am. Um, so does the Los Angeles Unified School District and um, and a number of other uh, people. <laughs> I want to say like LAPD and whatnot, but because I take I take I take a frontline approach when it comes to protecting and guarding my children and making sure that the systems that are in place to 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 support and protect our kids are are actually there so that I can be at ease knowing that when my children you know, you know are in this is the last thing that you want and we've we've had a rash of these situations at school um at schools across the country over the last 20 years um I, I when I'm a parent and I drop my child off at school I don't want to have to pray that my child's going to come home mm -hmm. I don't want that to have to be part of my daily ritual that I pray that my child comes out of the gate when school is over. Um, and unfortunately, we have had way too many incidences. We've got, you know, between social media and, you know, the pandemic, which has created a new sense of anxiety. And if you think about it, my child, my youngest, my son, my youngest child spent the last year and a half at home doing school over Zoom now as a freshman in high school with almost 3,000 students, some of whom are adult age, he's now, he's 14. Mm -hmm. That's an environment that already creates a lot of anxiety for him. And we all know what high schools are. All the movies that have, and songs that have ever been written and movies that have been made about kids in high school, like, right? There's no, we all know that there's anxiety and that sense of, you know, the feeling of fitting in and belonging and, you know, our, our hormones are beginning to, you know, to, to rage and all of the things that come with that, that, you know, I don't want to have to be in a situation where I'm hoping that my child comes home at the end of the day. Um, and I will take, I will be, I stand in front, I, as I did, I stood in front of the school on Monday to make sure that my child came out of, of, of school, right? And, I, and, mm -hmm. and again, they're just to be clear, no actual incident happened. It was just enough of a threat that caused a major concern and the way that the school handled it. Um, and it's, was, it's, interesting, it's interesting because I was going to say so, some of the stuff that we're talking about in terms of what does it mean? You know, how do you define masculinity? You know, which gender has, um, you know, corner of the market on this emotion versus that emotion. Like a lot of the things that we say end up, you know, blurring lines because in that case, you know, um, you're, you're just being a being a, a dad and the emotions you know um bubble over as the, as they should but that transcends gender for sure i mean i yeah the funny thing about it is that the majority of the parents that i was uh that i was in you know i was in communication with happened to be moms 
Mm-hmm. Um, there were there were a couple of dads. There were a couple of dads who you know were trying to figure out how to you know how to how to affect change. But the bottom line is, again, we've seen it here on this on this podcast with many of the people who who fight for our children in the in the special needs community. Mom, we call them all warriors, and that's what they are. They truly are warriors, and I don't think. You know, I don't think that has to be necessarily a masculine role. We've always applied it to the male side of the conversation. Um, you know, the men are the warriors, the women are the nurturers. I think, again, those of us that are fairly evolved or highly evolved have the ability to to do both and be both and tap into both as a resource as necessary. Um, in the particular case, when it comes to a threat, for me, I pull from the male warrior side and go all in. And Jordan will <laughs> say that. She'll say, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm her, I'm a warrior dad. Um, but um, but anyways, I kind of, we kind of went off 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 topic. But um, but I mean, it, it 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 leads into the other point, which is that you know, I don't know what the numbers are in terms of dads that lead from the front and step up in those situations, but they tend to at least from the outside looking in and just looking at uh, stories and even the people that you know, the majority of the parents that step forth usually tend to be moms. And especially based on what you were saying that, you know, most of the, the parents that you were dealing with were in fact moms. I think that that's where a platform like our show when there are others out there um, in and outside of special needs, you know, need to exist to encourage men to uh, step up, step forth, and step into um, those situations and uh, and and be a voice and be heard. And I think that what happens is, just as Matt um, pointed out in the notes, is the idea of letting people know that um, that they're not alone, letting dads know that that that, that they're not alone, and that it's okay For to sure. step forward. That we need, we sure. need more of that. Yeah, and I think that we tend to. That, that many many of us tend to hide behind what we call social mores about how we're supposed to act based on our gender and based on our role and everything. And the one of the best things that I have that that has, in my opinion, that's come out of this ongoing conversation, just two dads having a conversation about things in life, right? The best thing is that we have created this sort of fellowship with other dads who find it, you know, a sense of comfort and a sense of, of belonging to a group of like-minded individuals who not afraid to show emotion, not afraid to be vulnerable, not afraid to express their true concerns, fears, vulnerabilities, you know, that their their true issues and and then be able to to do something about it. I think historically we've we've sort of hidden behind this fake notion, this fake moat of, you know, I'm, I'm the man in my castle and, you know, I'm not going to let anybody in. I think that we've, we've created an opening and we'll continue to create an opening for dads. And, and, and again, guy, guys, men like Matt Failer, who are also dealing with, you know, his child is medically complex issues. He's a fighter. He's a warrior. Some people won't relate to Matt because they don't have that, you know, that, that atypical, you know, child situation. Those who do get it. But the, here's the best part about, I, in my opinion, I'll get off my soapbox. Men who are fathers to children who deal with the issues that we all deal with bring a, a level of complexity to, to other men who have, who have neurotypical children. To, 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 we can lead the way. We can show that what we do, what we fight for, the concerns that we have impact in a positive way 
the entire community. It's whether, by the way, cross-cultural, um, you know, cross-religion, cross-age. There's a lot of things that we do where we're 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 telling people this is okay. It's okay to tap into this. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be a fighter. It's okay to take your situation and turn it and impact the community. We had, you know, Billy Print, Billy Price on and talked about Billy Footwear, somebody who took his own personal situation and turned it into something, a business that's successful, that is, you know, doing something for our community. That's what this really is all about. It's all about, you know, again, as Matt saying, you know, a greater purpose in life that what we're doing, we only go, we only go around once, right? The impact that we have on our community as we, as we occupy this space here, right? This, the, the impact that we can have on our community is, is, is what's important and not being afraid to share those things that are meaningful because they know that they can have meaning for other people. And it starts by acknowledging at the very least, Hey, you're afraid. You know, I was talking with, um, someone the other day, teenager, and we talked about the idea of, um, you know, becoming a parent. It's probably something you really want to do one day, I'm sure. And the response I got was, um, I don't, I don't know that I want to do that. Just like the idea of being a parent and not knowing what to do and having to figure all of that out. So almost like if you stop and think about what it means to be a parent, as opposed to stopping and thinking of how badly you might want to, you know, as a man, have a chip off the old block or a daughter um, that you wear in, you know, dress in dresses that you had as a, as a, as a girl yourself or something like that. When you take your own desires out of the way and you think of becoming a parent and really stop and think about it, you know, I, I guess it's kind of a scary prospect, but if you really took that approach with anything, we wouldn't have the technology that we need to have the show. We wouldn't do anything because we would stay where we are and we wouldn't even venture. But by the same token, it's okay to say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. Um, I, I, I'm concerned. I don't, I'm not sure what to do or, you know, or where to turn. So before we wrap up, when we get closer to the end of our hour, I want to make sure that we give people a couple, um, you know, uh, pointers in terms of encouraging them, especially any men out there or anyone that knows men that are, that are dads and, um, might be unsure, might be afraid, just don't know necessarily, um, what to do, but at the same time, encourage them to reach out, uh, to us. Because the one thing I like to say is that, you know, we don't have all the answers, but we're striving to find as many as we possibly can and share them and bring people together that do in fact have answers. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it, it's interesting. So I was thinking about it as you were as you were talking. You know, when we are when when men are successful in business, it's interesting because very rarely do you hear that I did this. You know, because my father X Y Z, right? And in fact, a mm -hmm. lot of times, like, what was Elon Musk's father like? What was Bill Gates' father like? What was you know? I've never really ever heard them publicly or even reading anything about them. Really known much about their father you know where that where it does show up is in sports you know in sports you have an athlete and the and and dads have a very prominent role in that in that guidance and that placement you know and and again it's very stereotypical but i'm thinking about right. that from from the perspective of of you know we never really see these titans of business talk about 
what their fathers did. And in fact, a lot of times you'll see, well, my dad was, my dad had a modest career. My dad was, a, you know, was worked as a teacher in a high school. And uh, now I'm a multi-billionaire. You know, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting thing to see the roles. So when I hear people say things like, as a teenager, well, I don't know if I'm ever going to be a child. And I'm like, well, I don't think any teenager knows what that means to have, to have children or what that, what that, right. that is. But I just think about as we guide our, as we guide our children to be the best possible, the best possible humans that they can be in the world, you know, um, yeah. all we can do is give them the tools at some point. Um, at some point, ugh, some point my son is calling me from his school which actually makes me a little nervous but at some point we need to we need to um we need to have some you know some protections uh and and some guidance i've totally lost my train of thought how you like that but here sean yeah. take that take that while i go mute here just for a quick second <laughs> no that makes sense um you know i think it's funny this kind of bleeds right into everything that we've been talking about in terms of you know in most cases, and we're doing this live, in most cases, Brian probably wouldn't even necessarily take the call. You'd respond with a text, hey, hit you when I'm done. Uh, but because of everything else that has taken place over the past week that he's talked about, you know, that that changes everything. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately go into, I love you all. I love your, I, I love this. I love our audience. I love our people. But, you know, <laughs> again, in this particular case, it's sort of like health and safety when it comes to my children is the first thing. And if he's calling me from school, I'm, I'm taking that call. So I apologize. It was actually him and some friends wishing me happy birthday. So lovely. I'm still not sure why after a year and a half, he doesn't know that uh, at this time we are doing a podcast, but <laughs> something else. And I'm okay with it because I'm going to let it, let it, let it slide. <laughs> but anyways. Um, and, 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 uh, and Sean, I'm sorry that I, I, I missed your comment. I, I, you know, and this is the thing that I was kind of leading to. There's no handbook, what it takes to be a parent, right? You could only go mm. off what you, what you've learned, what you know, what you see. Um, yeah. but, but as a kid, you think your parents know all the answers too. Is that funny? Yeah. Because when it comes to your dad too, it's like, that's what a man does. That's how a man is. That's what you do. And it, it, it's written someplace. Don't know the book, but that's exactly how it is. And they have all the no. answers. Yeah, no, for sure. We Mark Twain uh, has, a, has a great quote, right? When I was seven years old, my father knew everything. And when I was 14... My father knew nothing. So think about this as it relates. Was, yeah. And then when I turned 21, I was surprised to see how much the old man had learned in the last 70 years. <laughs> um, it's perspective, right? It's yeah, perspective. Yeah. And I think that we as 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 parents try my my children have no like there's no misunderstanding. There's no sense of, you know, <laughs> lack of confidence or sure. You know, they know for sure where I stand when it comes to their protection and their safety there's no there's there's no like uh wishy-washy i wonder what dad's gonna say about this like they they know they know where i stand to me my role as a as a as a father as a parent is to make sure that my children know that they've got a foundation of safety and and love and support and wherever they are going whatever they're doing that i'm there i'm an advocate i'm an ally and i'm a cheerleader and I'll do whatever I can to support them. They have, there's no doubt about that. And, and again, where that falls under the masculine, you know, sort of feminine role, I, I don't know, but that's where I, I stand. I think that's right. Go ahead. I would comment. Oh, yeah. no, I was going to say, that's interesting because I don't know which is more, I don't know which is more important. I think that they're equally important. It's important to, in fact, be there, 
be that support, be there for them, for there to be no doubt. In fact, it's another thing for them to know. Those are two right. different things too, because in some cases, sure. some people like, you know, when a parent step for, steps forth and does something, you know, it's like, oh, I, I, I didn't know they quite felt that way. But the other thing is, and I'm sure your kids would attest to it, you know, as I know mine would, if they just know for a fact that you're going to, you know, no pun intended, but literally emotionally or literally take a bullet for them, be there. If they know that you're going to do that, yeah. no matter how certain they are, there's still a difference between knowing it and seeing it in action and being reminded of it, meaning that 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 can never happen too many times. And I think sometimes when we deal with our children who, again, have you know, or in this in the special needs community, or dealing with medically complex, or you know, or or, or cognitive issues, um, we as men sometimes forget that is just as important for our children to understand that and see that as well. And 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 really, because we feel like you know, again, we became members of a club that we didn't we didn't buy the membership to, right? right. We 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 just you know we're 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 part of it and we take deal with all of our emotions, but at the at the same time as Matt had said, like, we want to fight for our children. We fight to give them the best care. We fight to give them the best opportunity. We had Dan Habib on the show, you know, in the very, very about over a year ago, who's a filmmaker who is, who has his son, Samuel, whose birthday, by the way, was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and they, you know, they, they work together and they're now they're, they're filmmakers and Sam has a, a highly, you know, medically complex issue, very rare genetic disease as well. And so, but Dan and, and Samuel have worked together and tireless. And, and I would say, even though we haven't seen it, but Sam Samuel would, would articulate that Dan is that warrior for him as well. And that and that our role is to make sure that our children have the best possible opportunity to not just survive, but thrive. Um, and that's and that should be all there is like there's they really how it comes out, how you do it. Um, you know, that's up to you. That's a personal thing. But but the bottom line is. The thing that we can do to help other other dads in this in this world, whether they're dealing with a, a neurotypical or an atypical child, it doesn't matter. The, the the thing the the bottom line is the same: you fight to give your chance the best opportunity to thrive. Mm-hmm. Definitely, most definitely. Um, that goes without saying, and I and I think that it, it's funny. I don't know why but I got to thinking of um, dads in situations that that step in as stepdads to do those things also um you know again it's almost as though the gender the gender doesn't matter but what happens is the only reason we have the discussion and you even ask the question of what does masculinity mean to you you know these or what does femininity mean to to someone the only reason we're doing that is because we're battling against what society says one gender should handle versus what the other shouldn't and the truth of the matter is, you know, when it comes to cooking, cleaning, taking care of the house, making sure that things are financially stable because of money that's coming in, that is the responsibility of both people, or in some cases, if you're a single parent, one person. Uh, it, it, it doesn't really matter necessarily who does it. It's interesting how it affects the manner in which um, children go out into the world and and, you know, and everything. And, and again, what we teach our kids, what we tell them, what we think we're teaching them by giving instruction pales in comparison to what we teach them by giving example. For sure. For sure. And I think, 
you know, and again, I'll, I'll just I'll paraphrase Matt's uh, Matt's comment for those that are are listening. Um, the idea of involving others, involving our younger generation, involving others that are outside of our community in the work that that we all do, um, which as I as we always say, we always say this, you know, it stems from the place of you know empathy and love. Um, we we can let folks know that you know again nobody's no life is perfect and there are no two people that are exactly the same even twins do not have the exact same life experience um so you know the fact that that because of that that you know we empathize with those that that are dealing with challenging issues or issues that may be different than what what our experience is and by the way again that goes across culture it goes across age it goes across gender it goes right and so just creating an awareness and uh, and a sense of, again, I keep using the same word over and over, but a sense of empathy for those in our community to know that, you know, that they're cared for, as we've talked about before, to know that there's, that there's, that there's, there's our causes and there are things worth fighting for and, and stepping up into that, into that role is, is, you know, our job is as dads and our job as parents and our job as partners. Um, We've used the term ally a lot over the last couple of years, but truly, truly being an ally for our family and for our community. That's the, mm -hmm. that's the thing that we, you know, that we promote and talk about quite a bit on our, on this podcast. So. Yeah, it's funny. You, you said the word empathy and, and you did mention that a lot. And I thought, okay, this, I thought of something. So it's like, how would one describe masculinity? Well, I just thought of a word that should be used to describe it. And I can't think of a better word than empathy. You know, That's because true. you're just simply talking about the ability to step into other people's shoes or be curious about them. And it goes back to something I've said so many times, which is, you know, we should be more childlike and less childish, you know, which simply means having a curiosity about each other. Um, I, I don't know if I can think of a thing that defines what masculinity should be mean you know the, the list of things where i would say you know as a man here's what this means to me or or as a man that means something or, or as a man that's not okay or you know or empowering and and the only thing is and again it's because of the norms that society has you know has put on you uh but in terms of being a provider whether it's financial or emotional um those are things that you know go hand in hand with being I don't know whether you're you operate from the standpoint that a man is head of the household or you're acknowledging that there's a partnership. Um, either way, those things go hand in hand. And, I, and it's funny because you and I were talking earlier about, you know, and this, I apologize to the audience. This is a little all over the place. We were talking about the idea. You know, I will usually end the show. I talk about, you know, we like to say there is no such, such thing as special needs. Everyone needs to be seen, needs to be heard. And you brought something to my attention, which is that. You know, as much of a, as a re revelation as I thought I was having by acknowledging that there aren't any special needs, you run the risk of being counterproductive and then marginalizing a community, which needs to know that, you know, there are accommodations and things that are different. So, um, you know, as opposed to saying that there aren't any any special needs, it's like everybody needs uh, uh, the same thing. And I'm sorry, now I'm really entering the rambling the rambling phase, but I'm thinking of just what those things mean as it pertains to um um you know labels whether that label is based on gender based on having a disability or catastrophic injury or whatever the case might be um 
so in a, I guess what I'm saying is in addition to empathy being a, a word that describes um, how you would dis- define masculinity, uh, hopefully it also means just being more of a, a human being, just connecting with people. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I think somebody would argue, oh, that, that's not masculinity. That's just, that's just being human. Um, but I, but the, but the reality is that that ma- masculinity as it's been defined from the beginning of you know, beginning of man as, you know, man, fighter, warrior, you know, as if that's as if women can't be that. We know that that's not the case and mm-hmm. that, you know, women are nurturers as if we think that men cannot be nurturing, you know. Right. Right. Um, right. And these positions that we've been talking about as, as, as men, we talk about them from the place of being dads because the show is called Just Two Dads. But I would say that in our relationships, while our, while our partners may not <laughs> always agree with our methods or methodology, right. knowing that we have that same allyship, that same force of, you know, of, of protection and, you know, and fighting for, fighting for their causes, our partners, you know, in our relationships should know that that's who we are too. Again, as I said, my children have no doubt, but people who are very close to me have no doubt where I stand positionally as it relates to them and their causes and their issues and their, and I find that to be frankly, a highly masculine role. I mean, a highly masculine um, trait in that particular case that I am always going to be in that, in the fight. I'm always going to be in the fight. I'm always going to be in the fight. And I think that's where the empathy piece comes from. I empathize with you, what you're doing. So you can count me as an ally to always be in the fight. Right. Then on that note, since we're getting close to the end of our, of our one, one hour, do you want to do what, were there some things that you wanted to bullet points that you wanted to share with some folks of things that people would do? Is that what you were going to, you were going yeah, to? I was going to say, you know, the one thing is if you're, if you're, and this is as a dad period. Um, but if you're a dad to a child with special needs, if you feel like you're unsure, you don't know where you're going to uh, turn um, or uh, you, you're simply afraid um, and you've got questions. We don't claim to have all the answers, but, we know enough people and the number of people continues to grow where um, we definitely know people that have answers to what those things, what those uh, questions, concerns, or fears might be. And you can always reach out to us at our email address, which is we are just two dads. That is T W O. We are just two dads at gmail.com. Our entire goal and purpose for this platform and the show is to bring people together, um, you know, to build a village and, have multiple people in a position to raise a hand when someone says, does anybody know a good therapist? Does anybody know a good mechanic? Does anybody know a good whatever? Just to improve the quality of people's lives. And then the other thing is, you know, reach out to people that you that you, that you you do know. There's more people out there that have um, the same concerns, thoughts, and fears, and hopes, and dreams uh, that you do as well. You're not as alone as you think, and we just want to make sure that, uh, that you take the time to um, take advantage of any and everything that's out there. And at the same time, if you're listening to this and you know of resources that we might not know of, reach out to us and share that with us as well, too. Yeah. And I uh, want to, you know, thank Sean Hall in Hawaii, who's always been, you know, uh, who's always there as our as our show producer. He's in the background. He's always <laughs> nudging us. Five minutes, guys, five minutes. Um, but always kind of keeping us on track, keeping us on 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 course and uh and and Sean Hall, we love you. Thank you for your partnership and um, for everything that you do 
for us and for your family and your community and be safe out there. I know that there's some storms out in Hawaii that uh, could create some flooding. So please be careful and be safe out there. Um, for everybody else, as we as we wrap up the show, and I'm going to just to repeat the thing that I say all the time, and it's, and it's so evident, you know, again, in this conversation today, um, empathy and love is what drives us, right? Again, look at everybody's situation from the perspective of empathy. Um, their situation may be something that you you don't understand the full story. You don't really know where they're coming from. You don't know, you know, what what it's all about. So be open to being empathetic to their situation. Um, by the way, I'm telling myself this as well as I as I took a, you know, a bulldog role with this uh, situation at school and have come to, to, to understand and provide, you know, some guidance and some support to other parents and, and, and also be empathetic to the issues and the challenges that administrators at, at, at our schools face as well. So giving them some, some basic credit because partially um, that also comes from love. If you look at the world through the lenses of love, your, uh, the world would be a better place. So Sean, on that note, Sean Francis, I love you. And I love doing this partnership with you and great way to spend my birthday, my birthday lunch with you and with the people who have contributed today and uh, the people who listen to us all over the place. Um, just your, just your sharing some of your time to tune into what we're talking about is, um, is, is a massive gift to me and I accept it. So thank you so much for, for all of that. And Sean, I'll let you close us out here for the show. My pleasure and privilege to be here as always. And uh, again, to be here with you on your birthday. Uh, I want to make sure that I encourage people to um, uh, follow our our YouTube page where you'll find all our episodes. Uh, please subscribe, like, and share. And as always, I want to make sure that I thank the women in my life without whom I could not even begin to uh, make an attempt to be uh, who I hope to be. And that means my mom, uh, Jan um, Francis, and my amazing wife, Laura. Um, thank you very much. And for everybody watching, um, again, uh, thanks for tuning in. And if you're watching this, we love you. We love you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Mimi. Thank you, Sean. Thank you everybody for your comments. We love you. Have a great day, everybody.